Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In the province of Ontario, 19-year-old Sam Oosterhoff won the Ontario by-election in the riding of Niagara-West-Glanbrook. Happened on Wednesday. And the Liberals held on to their safe seat in Ottawa-Vanier. However, in September, Scarborough Rouge River, considered a safe Liberal Ontario provincial seat, fell to the Progressive Conservatives. So the question is, and we've talked about um, Kathleen Wynne and her Liberal government nationally on this program, and we are a national program. But we've talked about the... uh, the management of the province of Ontario by the, uh, the liberals of Kathleen Wynne. And so what do these by-elections signal? Do they suggest that uh, Wynne is in trouble, or do they suggest that she could be reelected? With the victory of Donald Trump, there was, a, there was a, some thinking that this signaled that leftist governments and political parties were in electoral trouble for the foreseeable future. We do know that uh, in Ontario, the electricity prices are spiking dramatically, and we had the executive director of the United Way for Bruce Gray County on air a few weeks ago, and she worries that people are going to, some people will lose their lives because they won't be able to heat their homes. They won't be able to afford to heat their homes the way the electricity prices are going under Kathleen Wynne, certainly rurally. There's a lot to be talked about. And joining me on the program to do some of that talking is a man I've known for many years, Dr. Henry Jasek, political science professor at McMaster University in Hamilton, frequent analyst on Canadian Election Night broadcast, which I hosted on CHML Radio in Hamilton. Henry, it's been a long time since we've spoken. That's correct, Roy. I'm glad to be back with you. Well, it's good to talk to you. Who could have ever predicted that we would find ourselves at this particular point in time with these issues staring us squarely in the face? Oh, it's... Yeah, politics is full of surprises, I think. <laughs> well, it is. Uh, may I just get a quick assessment from you of what happened in the United States, the, the election of Donald Trump, and then the response now, this continuing um, protesting and, and, and weep-ins uh, on the left? Well, I think what, what happened in the U.S., I mean, I think the most important aspect was that Hillary Clinton was not an attractive candidate to many Democrats. And I think... Probably at least, I mean, estimates are that 5 million people in the United States who, if they had voted, would have voted Democratic, but they just were not enthusiastic about her. They had questions about her. Uh, they couldn't bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump, so they just stayed home. So I think that is sort of viewed as the main, the main argument uh, as to why uh, she lost. And, of course, Donald Trump, I mean, he kept t- saying that you couldn't trust her. She doesn't tell the truth. And that seeped in, I think, to those people. They, they, they accepted that argument from Donald Trump, and they basically stayed home. Well, the, uh, the FBI director also contributed to that argument, and we know that um, mm-hmm. Mrs. Clinton did lie uh, about a, a number of issues. Where does this go? Let me ask you for a quick 30-second thought from you of where this goes. What kind of, what kind of uh, four years are we in store for as far as the American government being functional and people working with one another is concerned. We do have a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and the White House is Republican, and most of the governors are, are Republican. Well, I think it's going to be a bit rocky. Uh, how rocky, uh, I think it remains to be seen. 
the Senate is going to be a problem, even though the the Republicans have it. They only have it by about a couple of seats, and uh, that's going to be you know the senators, no matter what party they're in, are, are fairly independent-minded people, and you, sometimes you can't count on a senator in your own party of uh, supporting something the president wants or to be against what the president. Uh, wants to put in there so that's going to be bumpy we're going to have two uh, two years from now we'll have a congressional election if things are very bumpy well then maybe there that might change the senate and house composition um yeah i think that it it it, it you know it really it, you know it really depends on donald trump i mean i think the extent he's not so much with the people out in the country so much as the democratic uh, leadership in the senate uh, and getting them say, listen, let's try to be reasonable. Let's try to work together at least on some things. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the key to watch. Henry, the uh, Dr. Henry Jasek is with me, professor of um, political science at McMaster University in Hamilton. Henry, what's the significance of a by-election at this time? How important are these two by-elections? I think they they tell us something. Uh, the uh, the one here in uh, West. Uh, West Niagara, Niagara, West Glanbrook, uh, is a, was a safe conservative seat, and despite all the turmoil about the local candidate, had a very conf- you know unusual outcome of the PC nomination. But the PC, 19-year-old, youngest member ever to be, well, once he's sworn in, will be the youngest member of the Ontario legislature in history. Uh, but I think the inter- important story there was the Liberals ran third. That w- That's very unusual. Usually the NDP would run a very weak third, it was the Liberals that ran third, and I think that's a very bad sign for the Ontario government, the current Ontario government. You put that together with the Scarborough seat they lost in the by-election a while back. Uh, those are not good signs for the for the Liberal government. And looking at the public opinion polls, pr- particularly the popularity of the Premier, which one of the last polls had her down at 14% popularity, and that is very, very poor. It is. Does this have a spillover effect into the rest of the country? Uh, I think uh, you might, if you're, if you're a provincial liberal, I think you might very well find uh, a little tough sliding, not because people at this point already are angry in any way with the federal government, but the fact of the matter is I think a lot of people really don't like to put all their eggs in one basket. So if you have a federal liberal government, it means that the other parties, the conservative, progressive conservative parties or Saskatchewan party out in Saskatchewan or the NDP are likely to do better at the provincial level and the liberals are not likely to do as well because you know people want a little bit of balance between their federal and provincial parties and also and and this is not generally recognized what happens when you have a a, a political party in Ottawa like the liberals that a lot of the talent in the provinces move from the provinces and they move up to Ottawa and you could see a number of people around the Trudeau government and you would look at them and say, what were they doing the last 13 years? Well, they were down in Ontario running the uh, liberal government in Ontario and running its campaigns. So the talent has gone, the liberal talent has gone to Ottawa quite a bit, plus people wanting to balance things out. So I, I think it's going to be a rough ride for liberals in the provinces over the next few years. Uh, Premier Wynne is the, really the architect of her own misfortune. Uh, hugely unpopular major electricity rate increases, billions of dollars wasted, according to the provincial attorney general on the energy file. The uh, the Trump win in the United States may well influence Canadian elections in the short or longer term. Uh, she's delivered millions of dollars to unions with zero accountability for spending $22 million to teachers' unions. Um, uh, you know, I said earlier... 
driving the electricity bill so high that in rural Ontario, as we heard from the executive director of the United Way in Bruce Gray County on this program, that people are choosing between food and light and heat. Um, and, and also, the, the premier being rather cavalier toward her constituents when, when people expressed concern last year about the vetting process uh, for Syrian refugees coming to Canada, Premier Wynne, along with Premier Couillard of uh, Quebec, basically trotted out the racist card. If you, uh, if you challenge the, the, uh, the, the security vetting of, of refugees, then there must be a racist aspect to you. That did not go over well. She's really creating her own um, mess, is she not? Well, she's, she's made some mistakes, there's no question, and she does at times talk down to people, and I think that's what you're, some of the things you're referring to. Yeah. She, she acts like she, you know, when she believes she's right, like she gives you a sermon rather than listening to you, and, I, and that doesn't go over very well. No, it doesn't. Leaders have to listen, even if it's, they don't like what they're hearing, they have to patiently listen to what people have to say. Uh, and on the energy side, I think that while, yeah, there's some mistakes that she's, they've been making there, I think this has been building up in uh, Ontario over the last 13 with the Liberals, is they, uh, they basically were worried about energy prices some time ago, and they said, well, what we'll do is we're not going to set the prices as a cabinet. We're going to let uh, the Ontario Energy Board, uh, uh, an arm's-length board, to set up the prices. And, and therefore, if the prices go up, no one can blame us. They, could, they should blame the Ontario Energy Board. Well, the average person that doesn't know the Ontario Energy Board exists, if the price goes up, they blame the government. So that, I think it was rather, rather that was a bad mistake on their part. It was a big mistake. A big mistake. Now, they are going to be lowering some of the costs for people beginning January 1st, and I don't know how well that's going to play. I, I think... Uh, they would have been much better off to do to, to lower some of the energy rates. I myself personally, and I think some other people have pointed it out, including a former environmental commissioner in Ontario, said if you cut dramatically the the off peak hours, which are about half the day on a workday, that you know uh, that probably would go a long way to saving people a lot of money because well. they could, uh, particularly in the summertime, which is when really when you have the high cost, like the past summer we had a hot summer, yeah. so. You know, you you could have the air conditioning on very heavily from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., get a good night's sleep. When you go off to work, work in the morning, we'll maybe turn it up a little bit and not, not spend yeah, too much I, on electricity. I, I, think she's, I think she's really dug a very deep hole for herself on this uh, yeah. electricity so file. I, I just Henry, let me ask you, let me ask you in, in about the minute we have left. The crossing of the floor uh, from, uh, by, by Sandra Jansen in, uh, in Alberta from the PCs to the NDP, that never, that never goes over well with voters. Well, it, yes, it's, oh, it, it can be a, a, a big problem uh, because people, you know, I always said generally people don't like turncoats. Uh, I think in the case of the PCs in Alberta, I don't live out there, but I suspect they have to be a little bit careful about how they attack the premier uh, on this particular issue, and we'll see how it plays out. I probably, it, it could turn out not so well, but I think you can overreact in politics, so you got to be a you know the the PCs out there have to be a little careful about overreacting to it, mm-hmm. and and uh, and and then play it. So it's unclear how that's really going to work out there. And in about ten seconds, is nineteen? This is the question people are asking: Is nineteen too young to be a member of a provincial legislature? Well, we have we have the law that says you can do that, and uh, you know it, it's going to be interesting. The Ontario legislature, when he is sworn in, we're going to have the oldest member in the history of the Ontario legislature sitting there, Monty Quinter, a liberal, and we're going to have the youngest ever. So what I think is, we're, we're going, I think we're going to have, this is maybe the beginning of having 
much older members and much younger members. So it's going to be an interesting time. Henry, always good talking to you. Thank you so much for the okay, time thanks, today. Bye-bye.